BAM Radio Network. Projects can feel kind of noisy and messy, but if you have a supportive administration, and it helps that the whole school is involved in project-based learning, too. I saw a bunch of 15-year-old, 14-year-old boys and girls reading Shaker, rewriting Shaker, looking up what these words meant, these phrases meant, and loving it. Hello, it's time for Teacher's Aid, strategies, tools, and tactics for the challenges teachers face. I'm Ray Pika. Whether we call it project-based or inquiry-based learning, the talk about this approach is heating up, with more and more teachers choosing to use it in their classrooms. But there are still some doubters and resistors. Here with me today to answer your questions and help you overcome potential objections to this approach are John Larmer, Nikhil Goyal, Nick Provenzano, and Lisa Nielsen. Welcome. John, give me your best elevator speech on what project-based learning is. Okay, well, project-based learning is a teaching method where students are motivated to learn because they're given an authentic challenge or an interesting question to investigate, and they do some digging and come up with their answer or their solution to a problem or a challenge and then present their work to an audience. They often work in teams, and they complete the project usually in two or three weeks. Some projects go for even longer, can go for months and months, but most teachers want to confine them to two, three, four weeks. Nikhil, what would you like to add to that? That basically hit the nail on his head. And along with that, it's driven from the facet of inquiry where you pose some kind of question in the world that you are very curious about. And then you try to scope out all the tools and resources you need to solve that problem. And it's a very organic and open manner rather than just a lecture style of learning where somebody telling you what to do the entire time. Lisa, what's the difference between PBL and doing projects? I'd like to think in the best case scenario that when you're doing project-based learning, we're really focused on the student's passion, talent, interests, and abilities. And often when we're doing projects in class, it's teacher-driven. Nick, does that resonate with you? Yeah, I agree with Lisa on this one. I think the traditional model of project is a teacher has outlined everything the students are going to do, and all they do are just following directions. And I don't think that's nearly as powerful as giving kids a more open-ended project where they get to demonstrate what they've learned in ways that meet their skills and meet the things that they're passionate about. John, would the approach be different at the early childhood level? Yeah, I I could speak a bit about that. I co-authored another book of ours called PBL in the elementary grade. For teachers of kindergarten, first, second grade, it's typically done as a whole class project, not individual student teams totally off of their own because the kids aren't quite that independent. But it's the same idea. All right. Okay. For the teacher who isn't quite convinced or who may have to convince his or her administration that this is the way to go, let's deal with some of the objections. John, isn't it harder to meet the standards using project-based learning? It can seem that way at first. But if you design projects with your standards in mind and you teach it effectively, it's not going to waste time. And students are going to learn it much more deeply and retain what they learn. So you can't quite cover as much, but it's much deeper learning. Ah, Nick, your thoughts? Yeah, the standards are always on every teacher's mind when they do this. But the standards are designed in such a way that whether it's a, a lesson uh, that's project-based learning or an essay, the standards are going to be hit if you just design the project to get the kids to learn the most out of the system. The one thing that I've learned is that over 10 years of teaching, uh, very rarely do I have kids come back and tell me about their favorite essay or multiple-choice test they took. They always come back and they talk about the lesson that impacted them the most or how in college they say, wow, that project we did came up in class a little bit and I was able to remember it. So very few students point to the standard-based 
exams or essays as these wonderful tools for remembering content. Lisa, what impact will this approach have on test scores? I think that what we need to do is partner with students in this and be really honest and transparent to the students that, you know, the test scores are the way that we get our dollars and our funding, and they're currently a necessary evil. So I think we keep the test prep and standards in mind. And we can be very direct about how the projects that we're doing are aligning to that and helping them prepare to succeed in the way that they are measured. I've spoken to many teachers who do project-based learning, and they say that by virtue of the fact that students are thinking more critically and really solving problems, that actually has translated into them doing well on the assessment. We found in our research that test scores are not negatively affected if you do project-based learning right. Ray, can I add to that? Absolutely. Uh, In my school building, in my district, the end of semester exams are standardized for all of the content areas. So there's the same multiple choice and reading test that all of these students, regardless of who the teachers have to take. I'm one of the very, very few teachers that uses project-based learning. And I can say from what my kids do performance-wise on those exams matches or surpasses what the other classes do that are not project-based. So for me, my first fear was, ah, the standardized test would have to be ready for it. But uh, my first year back, my kids did just as well, if not better, on these exams using project-based learning. So for me, it helped really validate my approach. Very good to know. Nikhil, with all the talking and moving around, doesn't this approach lend itself to a lot of uproar in a classroom? Uh, We have to understand that first, Learning is a very messy activity. It constitutes so many different types of really strengthening the mind. Um, in some classrooms, I've noticed in the schools that I've visited, when the teacher is acting more as a facilitator, the kids are working together or maybe working by themselves on a certain task. And when they their entire really intrinsic motivation towards some kind of problem, I think that's when the true learning happens. When you have a classroom, Chris Lehman, he's an educator at the Science Leadership Academy. Uh, And he basically told me is one of the reasons why product-based learning hasn't picked up is because the traditional model, it's really boring, but teachers don't get in trouble because if you look at a classroom where kids are sitting in desks and rows, um, the teacher is controlling the class and a principal walks in, the principal is going to commend that teacher for doing a great job. There's no chaos going on. Kids are on task and it's very cut and dried. But in a project-based classroom where learning can be messy, uh, disruptive, kids are screaming, there's, there's a little bit of chaos going on. Principals have caused teachers to get in trouble for that. Okay, Nick, for the real doubters, what's in it for me as a teacher? Authentic learning, I think, or what I see in my students, they are immersing themselves in content that you would never really imagine. When I have my students rewrite to Romeo and Juliet and film a version with students from another state and put it together, I saw a bunch of 15-year-old, 14-year-old boys and girls reading Shakespeare, rewriting Shakespeare, looking up what these words meant, these phrases meant, and loving it. These kids spent a month rewriting a version of Romeo and Juliet that I had 120 students eating Shakespeare out of the palm of my hand because they were doing things with Shakespeare they'd never done before, coming up with soundtracks and costumes and things like that and social media plans. So as a teacher, what I get out of it is the opportunity to put kids in situations where they can be successful and really walk away with a valuable learning experience, which the traditional stand lecture, here's a multiple choice test at the end, doesn't get out of students. So it's really a a wonderful experience for teachers 
really immerse themselves in. And I have one thing to add, this is Lisa, something that is a great way to get teachers um, on the ball and motivated about project-based learning is really allowing them to connect with other people who are doing this, because once they see it, read about it, or talk about it, it really starts to come to life, and the enthusiasm is contagious. I listen to all of this, and it seems like a lot of extra work. What do you think? What I look at it is is that it looks like a lot of work on the front end, but on the back end, while those kids are working and you're acting as a facilitator, you have all of this time that you might normally be spending grading individual like assignments or worksheets and things like that, but it actually, in the back end, opens up a ton of time that's focused on working with kids, seeing the learning, guiding them through this process. This is Lisa. Can I add something to answer the question, isn't this more work? Sure. I recently spoke to a teacher named Pauline Roberts who is doing project-based learning with her students. They're fifth graders, and all of those students, every single one on her class, went out into the community and met with different businesses to talk about being green and being sustainable. And I asked her, how on earth did you organize all of your students, because she partners with another teacher actually as well, and so there's 54 students. And I said, how did you organize field trips for all 54 of your students to all different businesses throughout the community? And she said, I didn't. And I said, well, what did you do? And she said, the students do that themselves. They arrange for a parent or guardian to be a chaperone. They arrange for the permission slip. They contact the businesses. And so the point that I'm making here is that with project-based learning, Students are partners in the learning, and now you have a number of other people helping you do the work. Excellent. Nikhil, if my students aren't used to this kind of approach, how do I ease them into it? Uh, I think teachers should start looking towards their communities on social media. I think that's a really great stepping stone into understanding if they run into any problems or they have questions. I think going to their network, educators and, and parents and students, of course, is very important. I could just add one thing about how you get students ready for project-based learning if they aren't used to it. I think at first you can practice some of the skills before the project starts, like how to work in a team. What does it mean to collaborate? What does it mean to do research together? So practice the skills they're going to need for the project. And then for, also provide them with more support during the project. It's not just free work time. You give them planning tools and lots of guidance along the way. Thanks so much for that. All right, we are running out of time. So um, final words of advice, including perhaps where I might go for more information, resources, etc. John? Well, the Buck Institute for Education website, BIE.org, has got lots of free resources for teachers. It's got some of our publications. We do workshops for schools all over the country and increasingly over the whole world. And Lisa? I would say my very best professional development resource is Twitter. So I would put project-based learning in to the Twitter search and see what hashtags people are using who are talking about project-based learning and really jump in conversations with them. Those are the experts, and I think that that is a great way to start as far as getting resources and connecting with other people who are doing this work. Okay, Nikhil, your final words of advice. Uh, I would suggest um, you definitely check out uh, Twitter and other social media sites. There are a number of chats that are going on every single day on some kind of facet of education, um, and typically project-based learning is discussed. Along with that, I would highly suggest you check out Edutopia. They have some phenomenal resources on project-based learning. And Lisa's blog is also very, is amazing. So I think those three kind of mediums will be very helpful for anybody just to understand what the concept and the teaching method is about. 
and how they can improve on their practice. And Nick, last but not least. Yes, uh, I agree with what everyone said. Lisa's site is great. Edutopia.org uh, is amazing. Twitter, uh, the hashtag you want to look for is PBLChat. It's project-based learning chat. So if you follow that hashtag, you'll get lots of great information. And I guess my last bit of advice for people out there is to take risks. I think as teachers, we want students to take risks in their learning. I think we need to take risks, too. And, you know, trying one lesson as project-based for the year, for the semester, is how we get a chance to grow as learners as well. And that one day I decided to get rid of all standardized tests for my classroom and go 10 full weeks, all projects opened up my eyes to the possibilities. So I just would ask teachers out there to take a risk, try something new, and really let your students be a part of the process. Ah, phenomenal. You just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> this is great. This has been a wonderful discussion. Thank you so much for being part of it. The research demonstrates that students learn more deeply when they can apply classroom-gathered knowledge to real-world projects, that active learning practices have a more significant impact on student performance than any other variable, and that students are most successful when they're taught how to learn as well as what to learn. You recognize the truth in this. I believe most teachers inherently understand that this approach results in more real learning than rote memorization or standardization ever could, and that it better prepares kids for the future. Given that, why would you choose any other way? Too messy? Too hard to meet the standards and raise test scores? My guest dispelled those notions. And as Nick said, if we want our students to learn to take risks, we have to take a few ourselves. So do you see that like button on your screen? Yes, right there in front of you in the pop-up box. If you appreciated this segment of Teacher's Aid and would like to keep the shows coming, please click that thing for me. Thank you. This has been Ray Pico with Teachers Aid, offering solutions to the challenges teachers face. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.